Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. And it is now my great honor to introduce the president-elect of the United States of America, Joe Biden. I pledge to be a president who seeks not to divide, but unify, who doesn't see red states and blue states, only sees the United States. For four years, you marched and organized for equality and justice for our lives and for our planet. And then you voted. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. And as you heard on that special intro, we got some stuff to discuss and to be excited about. Um, I have never been more happy to be proven wrong by something that I thought would happen ever in life. Um, and that's just real. That's not hyperbole. That's not any of that. But how rude of me. I am Hayes, this is the Awaken Soul Podcast. If this is your first time listening or watching the Awaken Soul Podcast, make sure you go and follow the pod at Awaken Soul Pod or at the Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. Make sure you also follow me at CEO H A I Z E. And on this week's episode, we are starting our series on fat phobia. Um, we got uh, Danielle in the building from the Girl Podcast and the Girl Blog and the Girl meet like she's 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 creating a whole entire brand and i'm glad to have her and start off this series with a discussion on her on fat phobia and the importance of it and education and everything like that we also have the end of mind of hay segment where i'm sure you guys probably already can imagine what's going to be discussed during the end of mind of hay segment this week i'm continuing uh, my work on the creative i've been dropping teases i think like the last three weeks in a row it's going to be the first week with no tease because i hope I hope. And by teases, because I've been getting a lot of questions. So I'm going to go ahead and address this at first. Everything you've seen from teases so far is actually no footage from the actual short film. It's just teasers. Um, but I hope to have my first trailer for the movie out by next weekend. Um, that's that's my hope, at least. Um, it's And it's going to be a little difficult because it's like a it's like a five to six minute movie. So to make a trailer from that and not show a big chunk of it. I'll figure it out. Um, but that's it. That's really all the the prefacing I have to do um, because a lot of what is on my mind, we're going to get into here very, very shortly. So let's go ahead. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, I will catch you guys in my dark and twisted crazy ass mind. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. 
are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. Listen, the fact that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris pulled this out is just amazing to me. So many greats here. Uh, The fact that Kamala Harris is going to be the first woman vice president, um, first black woman vice president. Like it's so it's so like the list of first just by her being at the position that she's at is huge. Right. It, It We can go on all day naming the first that that is. And, you know, Joe Biden winning the way that he did. And we'll get into the controversy here in a second. But before we get into that, I just want to focus on the positivity of it. Um, You heard snippets from their uh, speech at the beginning of the show to kind of start it all off. But this was Joe Biden in a way that I have never seen him for all the jokes of Sleepy Joe, all the people saying that he isn't as sharp as he once was. All that goes away when he came out in that jog to run out out there after Kamala introduced him. It's just you felt like there was something different there. Well, I felt like there was something different there. And, you know, he spoke the fact that he's that he his platform continues to be reuniting America, being the president for all people. And that's something that we have lost in the last four years. He Trump wasn't president for all people. Trump was president for basically himself and his base, his large, large supporter base. But even them to a certain he placated to them. But Trump was out for himself. And I think that's evident with how he's handled everything since then. But let's not even let's try not to get into that yet, because I, I don't I want to focus right now on the positivity and what this means. Like and it, all the work isn't done by this. Let's not act like and lose sight that. This is the first step, hopefully, in correcting things that need to be corrected. First, our relationship with foreign policies, foreign countries. If you look at Trump's last little, all all the stuff that he pulled out of, Joe Biden has basically said that he's going to be uh, rejoining um, some of those. and, And we need that. But more so than anything, like we can talk about foreign policies, we can talk about our foreign countries and instilling fear where it needs to be in partnership where it needs to be. But when you look at the way that this country has gone, specifically in like the last 18 months, right? Because it's always been bad, but like the George Floyd thing and, and Trump's handling of it and the when the looting sharks, the student, like those comments, I think, and, I, and I've said this before, right? I, I've said that, I said, even when I was doubtful that Biden could pull this out, when I said more than likely Trump is going to be reelected, it was, and I, I said that I gave it more of a chance ever because of his handling of the Joy Floyd thing, us binding together as a people during that, whites, blacks, everything, and just being tired of it, that there was a chance. I still, I, I don't know if it was me being a pessimist, me being afraid to get my hopes up. I still only gave it a sliver of a chance. But that chance came through. But now we need to hold Biden accountable. If he's going to be this president for all people, then we need to uh, need to hold him to that and watch how he acts um, and, and, and handles things within these this, this first couple of years. And the thing is, is, as much as Donald Trump's presidency 
was so maybe if he didn't focus so much and on undo, undoing so much of the stuff Obama did and wanting to shit on Obama's legacy, maybe this outcome would have been different for him. Probably not because he's still an asshole. But when you look at uh, like it, it, how much time Trump spent trying to do Obama's things, Biden is going to have to he has to repair so much damage that this man has done in four years. Um, and so it's too much. It's way too early to be worried about if he's going to be reelected or not. But I think we really need to see how he's going to start the work on repairing the faith in the government, not even repairing for so for, for some. It's instilling it. Um, you know, Obama was a, a was a ray of hope for so many people. Biden and Kamala are that almost even more so now because of what we've had to go through for the last four years. Um so when we talk, when you hear that and you hear Biden's speech and like I said, like, yeah, some of it is is, of course, campaigning. Um, we, we, we know. But like everyone who's talked about him has said, like, even when he was vice president, his willingness to work with Republicans, his relationships with Republicans were weren't. Let's not act like they're great. And Republicans just love Joe Biden because that's not the case. But he's willing to have those discussions and open it up and hopefully try to mend fences where it needs to be. And that's what we need at this at this time it's it's someone who's going to mend um and kamala harris we all know kamala's whether you have an issue with her record or whatnot um she's going to be held accountable as well and so you know this is a time to rejoice this is a time to celebrate but very shortly after this we need to get to a place of all right now watching and seeing and holding like i said holding people accountable um i can't say enough like my daughter amaya who this this election has taken such well, honestly her interest in politics has really started to kick up probably the last two years or so but she's at the point now where she understands and and watches politics at a level that i probably didn't until my mid-20s and so her to see kamala harris a woman of color in this position it i mean come on now that just writes itself um, and you all know how much I love my kids and the fact that we were able to share this, uh, me and Amaya share this and watch all the debates and just see her mind and how it goes politically is just it's so powerful. It's so empowering. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's the election. Um, you know, it, 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 it wasn't without controversy, which I guess we can get into now. And a big part of that is uh, the quote unquote voter fraud. Um, Donald Trump kind of put his foot in his mouth, right, because he came out the night of the election to say frankly we did win this election this is a major fraud in our nation we want the law to be used in a proper manner so we'll be going to the u.s supreme court we want all voting to stop you know the quotes by this point um and he's really showing his character in, in a time like this right is the is the, the sore loser that he is, the the fact that he can't, everything with him is always a controversy when it's when it doesn't go the way that he expected it thinks that it should be. There's been let's let's reiterate. There has been no substantiated claims uh, of voter fraud at all. I know there's a new um, one now where they uh, somebody even. I don't know if it's a lawyer or, or if it was a member of Trump's campaign off the top of my head, but listed two names and said they, they died in like it was like 2016, 2017. Yet they voted in the election that has not been substantiated up until this point. Um, and so it, I get it. I get it. You know, wanting to say that they had a, a record turnout and and 
you know, watching Donald Trump crumble throughout this, right? Because he came out the night of the election. He, he tried to show that false bravado and, and confidence in whatever when shit wasn't nearly at all decided by that point. But then on the flip side of that, to see him then want to say, oh, well, why are the media calling elections? Things aren't decided. Motherfucker, you tried to call the election the night of when things were at its most undecided. So, you and the fact of the matter is, is that Trump, let me not say he hasn't, he do, well, he does have himself to blame. But when you look at the fact that you tried to dissuade people from voting uh, via absentee, mail-in voting, as much as you did, what, I can understand why he wanted the vote to stop. Because you told your base basically to not do mail-in voting. And so, as those mail-ins were starting to be counted, it of course was going to go against you. Um just to see, like I said, him, him, him crumbling. It's, it's, it's so hum. It's so not humbling. It's so amazing to see somebody who's been so boisterous and calling things out and saying ignorance on Twitter to just really be at a place now where he doesn't have much to say. He's regurgitating the same rhetoric all day about fraud and X, Y, Z. And we actually won bullshit. You feel me? Um, and so it's just it's it's really crazy to see him continue to just break down. And I'm not going to not going to lie. I'm not going to try to sound fucking top notch with this or anything like this. It's 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 funny. It's great to see him in this position of squirming for me. Somebody who's just been so disgusting for so fucking long. Look, now you got to reap what you sow, motherfucker. Like that's basically what it boils down to. You are you have you are laying in the bed of your own creation. And, you know, even with that said, right, we see a record number of turnout. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, the Republicans or Trumpers or Trump supporters are keep going to is that, you know, this voter voter fraud unsubstantiated. Um, But I I said this election kind of jokingly, I said that this election kind of went the best way for all people. And by that, I mean, we got Trump the fuck up out of there. Um, But then now Trump supporters are always going to have this voter fraud conspiracy to hang on their on their on their door about why Trump wasn't reelected so they can always feel like, oh, he was robbed. But at the end of the day, the motherfucker is out. And that's what what's important. Um, but even with that said, we need to identify the or realize the fact that Trump has a huge base and it's not going to make things very easy, at least early on. So how Biden calms down those Trump supporters. And I think a key thing in his speech where he said, you know, huge number of people voted for for donald trump and hopefully they give him a chance and he gives and he'll give them a chance they give each other a chance to try to rebuild america and that's really all you can hope for but one thing one key thing that's kind of alarming in this is that a record number of minorities voted for a republican it it, it broke the record so even with everything that we've seen everything that that's constantly talked about we need to realize that there are some people even within our black and and brown community that that voted for trump and are trump supporters what is that going to do for the people who honestly thought that trump was doing the best for black people which is is crazy to me because leading up like the first couple years of 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 trump's administration the main people that i heard at least in my circle or my social media or my timeline that i heard saying well trump is doing everything he can for black people were white people but then that that has gone on uh, and to where clearly some minorities have bought into that. So what is that going to do now? How is that going to affect Biden and Kamala Harris's administration and how they go forward and what they're going to have to do to win those people over? At the end of the day, the, the like, I, like I said at the beginning, this work is not nearly done. So if you're if anyone who's thinking that by 
Biden being elected come January 20th when he officially takes over that things are going to magically change for us. It's not because he's going to have a lot of work to do, both people working for him and against him. Um, and so we like I said, the, the marathon continues, I guess, is the best way um, to to really categorize and talk about this is that the, the marathon definitely continues and the fight definitely continues. And luckily, it feels like we're going to have two people in office who are going to do everything in their power to fight for the American people. Um, and I think like. The laughing stock that we've become amongst other countries because of Donald Trump, the relationships that were broken there um, with other countries, it's a lot of work that's going to need to be done. And, you know, I know the community, I've always said the Awakened Soul listenership is some of the most intelligent, both emotionally and just in general, of all the podcasting landscape because I, I engage in conversations with you guys. You guys hold me accountable for the content. Um, but we have to keep in mind everything that needs to be done and 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 be patient um some things are going to be be kind of immediate some things are not um but this is just it was great to see and it's great to see that motherfucker just get shut up i'm not gonna lie i like you know i want to say i in other days i'd want to say like let's respect what they were able to do that mother like really what did trump do the last four years what did he do you can say the the korea thing okay you know he got in there and, and you know one dictator to another um, but ultimately what his legacy is going to be is a divisive ass president who caused more discourse in this country, no matter what fucking infrastructure was one of the biggest platforms that he ran on and didn't shit really get done. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to stop. Uh, like it wasn't going to stop. I should say if he was, when if he was left in power and while i didn't give it a chance because i just my faith in the american american people were just at an all-time low i'm glad to be proven wrong on this extremely glad to be proven wrong i couldn't have been happier um i didn't know what to do when when it got you know made official and it was just like wow wow and to see that video of kamala harris calling joe biden was just it was just so humane right um it's awesome it's just awesome um, and so I want to hear from you guys, your guys' reaction, your guys' thoughts on where you found out uh, that Biden um, is the new president elect. What are some of the things that you would like to see him implement both long term and short term? Let me know. But that is it for this week's In the Mind of Hayes segment. A humble haze, a, a happy haze. Uh, sending off to this one. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Um, and then on the other side of that, we are going to get into our first of the ser in the series of fat phobia featuring danielle i will see you guys after this what's up everybody this is dan aka dan on drugs and i am afro becky aka afro becky and we are the black law and legal lies podcast, podcast a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. November. 
What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, we have reached the main discussion topic of this week's episode of The Awakened Soul, and I have a first-time guest. I know I hyped her during the intro. Uh, this this one this collab kind of just came about, but I love when they come about naturally. So we have uh, Miss Danielle uh, from the Girl Blog and the Girl Podcast. Definitely, you do a lot. Uh, what's going on, ma'am? How you doing? Nothing much is going on. I'm great. How about you? I'm here. I'm living. I'm living. Uh, it's been a busy and interesting week. We're in the middle of election week instead of election day. It's still going right. on. Uh, we're probably like a week away from getting the final, final results. But uh, so, yeah, that's that's made it interesting on top of just work and stuff going on in my regular life. So it's been a it's been an interesting time period for me. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> sure. How you been dealing with the election? Have you been uh, obsessing over it and, and refreshing? Are you kind of just like, it is what it is at this point? I'm just really anxious to know, like, who won already. Yeah. I know the ballots, like, with the mail and everything, it took forever to get everybody's ballots in. And a couple of states are, like, counting still. It's yeah. like, I wish the process was better. Either go online to do it or, like... yeah. Just file a different way, make it easier for us. I guess our current president tried to make it as hard as possible. And yeah. Look at us now. And I think too, like people like melon ballots have always been a thing. It's just it's so many more now because of COVID and everything going on. So it's made it yeah. made that process that much longer. Um, considering COVID is probably gonna be with us for a while. I hope that they kind of streamline the process just in case. Uh, and just, you know, everything nowadays is all people. You try to make things as easy on people as possible. So if people can vote from the comfort of their own home, let them do so. But we need a much better position to uh, or a way to, to count them and get this, get it, get it over with. But uh, we're not we're, we're not here to talk about politics. We are. We do have a great topic <laughs> to talk about uh, this week. So I, I had tweeted out that I wanted to start a series on fat phobia. And it's because it came about because of. The fat shaming I see on the timeline um, for men and for women. And, uh, you know, we are in an area uh, that I think like more so than ever, you're seeing some embracement of 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 larger men and women uh, being sexy and being able to to be presented as sexy than ever before. But there's still a huge hurdle to go over. So I put out a tweet that I wanted to start that a couple of people responded to. You were actually, I think the first one so here we are we are we're here now um so before before we get into into that topic we do want to learn a little bit about you uh so uh how'd you get started with the girl blog and podcast okay so the girl blog came about from me experiencing a heartbreak mm. um i wanted to start a blog a long time ago it not like a self-help blog but more like a diary for me to put myself out there mm. and then that, that way maybe people can relate or they can read and be like oh wow she went through that maybe I should just stop and you know take heed to what she went through so I don't have to go through it so I came up with the girl blog um, the girl part of the girl blog is an acronym for growth in real life so I bring my growth in real life experiences mm. online for girls to relate and possibly make better decisions in their lives. So that's what that is. And then people don't like to read nowadays. I noticed that, mm -hmm. but although I like to write to express myself or journal to express myself, 
Um, sometimes I want to be more outward and I felt like having a podcast would be a better platform in order to do that because people like to listen. So I came up with the girl podcast and then I'm trying to make a brand too. So I'm coming out with the girl brand. Okay. I'm just the girl, I guess. But yeah, I just felt like bringing my real life experiences to the web and Hey, maybe you can relate and maybe you can pass it on to a girl that could possibly need some kind of help in her life or guidance there you go that's dope that's i didn't know about the acronym so that's that's amazing uh make sure you guys go and check her out there that's it's funny how like because i i've i've always said i feel like everyone has some form of creativity in them and it's just like you finding what's your thing it's not necessarily podcast for everyone sometimes it's art whatever but i feel like we are put here to to create so like when people find their niche and then turn it into a brand it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing yes for sure thank you um so we i do a surprise icebreaker question usually for first time guests i actually have gotten away from it the last couple of months because we've been in a pandemic people don't want surprise icebreaker questions but i brought it back for you um (laughs) and so this one is you it's usually music based because i feel like music it tells a lot about people and kind of where their mind is so i try to build it always about music uh this one (laughs) is going to be interesting um (laughs) what's what was the first song this i guess this is gonna date us all or whatever the first song that you ever twerked to oh my gosh (laughs) that is so so on the spot um first of all i don't twerk but the the first song that i've ever tried to twerk to Mm -hmm. um it's probably gonna tell my age but probably baby got back by sir mix a lot Okay, what the original twerk song? I don't know what people were twerking to before then, but uh, okay, that's a classic. That is a absolute yeah. classic. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get into the topic. So we are here to discuss fat phobia, and so um, I I've talked about this briefly some, but I used to be uh, I used to be two ninety five. I think was the heaviest that I ever was. Um, okay. Um, that was right after my son was born and I was eating real good. Um, but, uh, even outside of that, this is, this is a topic that I really, I, I can't speak from a place of too much. So I wanted to guess, I'm going to, this is going to be serious. I'm going to have guests on. Um, so the first thing that we want to do is define the difference between fat phobia and fat shaming. What, what do those two words mean to you? And what's the difference between them? There is a big difference between the two. Fat phobia to me is the word phobia or the part of the word phobia to me is a not a fear. Maybe it could be a fear or a dislike towards something. Mm-hmm. So fat phobia to me is a person that can't stand the sight of a fat person or, you know, they just don't like fat people. Yeah. And then fat shaming whether you like fat people or not, fat shaming is basically saying that, for an example, if a size two woman was wearing a bikini, that same woman years later, if she's a size 18, oh, no, you can't wear that bikini because it's not in your size. Mm. Like, that's fat shaming, putting down a person because of their size. Definitely, definitely. And what, how... Because we're all on social, especially as creators, we have to be in social media. But even in like the media and stuff, 
What do you, how do you think that, you know, fat shaming has changed for the better, for the worse over the last couple of years? Because, you know, at one point in time, almost every comedy movie had a gig with a fat person. Like it was something, yeah. some type of of line or whatever. Um, you see it a little bit now. So I think it's it's getting better. But then you have social media where it can be anywhere from a beautiful thing when people come together to like to break fat phobia and fat shaming or it could just be downright ugly and disgusting so like what have been your experiences running into either one of these on on either one of those platforms well back then i think that fat shaming and fat phobia it it was more prominent Mm -hmm. so people weren't i guess people weren't more confident back then so when people would hear those things, they wouldn't dress that way. They'll dress a particular way or they'll hide themselves. But over time, it changed. So now that we're in the, in 2020, um, people are more outward with it. People are more ex- accepting of their sizes. Mm-hmm. They're happy with where they are. They're comfortable. So whether or not the social world, whether it's television, movies, social media, et cetera, um, people are more people that are bigger are seeing themselves being displayed in a not so pleasant way. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of negativity, but those same people that I follow or the same people that I see in the media that are plus size, they really don't, they discard it. They're just like, whatever it rolls off their back. Cause at the end of the day, those people who are making movies or making jokes about fat people, they're giving them shine, I guess in a, in a sense. Yeah. But those people that, you know, aren't as popular or are fat and not really happy about where they are in life, those people are the ones that are basically, I don't know, they get criticized, but then they don't take it as well as the people who are more confident in their size. So I think it's kind of a gift and a curse in a sense. Okay. But if they, if those people who are criticized, that they follow the people that are criticized too, and they see, hey, you know, that person isn't affected by what other people are saying, then in turn, they'll probably be confident too. Definitely. That's a great point. Um, and so, like, we, we're seeing a rise of, of plus size influencers, which you know, just call them influencers or whatever. But then there are also those people who then criticize the fact that only shapely plus size women are kind of embraced publicly. Mm-hmm. So what, like, again, because I, there's something that I can't really speak on. What, what is that? What do you, what, do, what are your opinions on that? Do you think we need to see more SSBBWs and just, just people of all shapes and sizes as plus size influencers? Or do you think that, you know, it's always going to be just the more, the more curvy one, more curvy plus size influencers who really gain the popularity? Well, I don't know if you saw Rihanna's um, recent like fashion shop. Mm-hmm. She's like all inclusive with all sizes. So in the future, I just hope that we could all be like, okay, you're fat and so am I. Like, let's bond. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hoping in the future. Because me, I know a lot of people say, oh, you're curvy, you're voluptuous, like you have a nice body or whatever. But in the back of my mind is like, sis, I got rolls i got arm fat you know my legs scrub like we're (laughs) all fat like we (laughs) we all have characteristics that make us you know click so 
I hope that in the future it can be that way. But in the past, it has been like a war between women that are like curvy and women who are bigger. Like, and I don't see anything wrong with being bigger because like I'm on the cusp of being like in that big realm. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, I'm saying, oh, well, because I'm a size 16 that I can't hang with you because you're a size 30. You get what I'm saying? But a lot of curvier people, they don't want to put themselves in that category. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're big. You're bigger than me, but I look better than you. But like I said, the same people, we're all the same. We got fat, we got chub rub, all that. That's unfortunately something that we do run into a lot in this culture. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, not just in, in, you know, being fat or not, but just the divide amongst ourselves black people and black people plus size people and plus size people there's just so many ways that we divide that we divide in it we're already in a smaller group and then we divide ourselves with even within that smaller group and then we have like these issues where we can't really get anything uh going so like you saying that that hopefully at some point it's just like you know we're, we're all plus size let's let's band together and it's good that you mentioned rihanna rihanna's always been at the at the cusp in the forefront of just breaking down some of those social norms that's why she's a legend mm-hmm. um but you know that that kind of naturally it was something further down our list that goes into um something that we we're going to talk about before but like how companies and society benefits off the insecurities of heavier people you got you get you have of course we all know plastic surgeries and all that type of stuff but not only that but like these beauty companies and makeup companies and shapewear like they all benefit in a way off people's phobia and not embracing their size and wanting to either be smaller or appear smaller what do you think that like do you look at that as being helpful or do you look at that as kind of in some way being cannibalistic in a way what do you think about that i think in a different in a different world i believe that some of the like waist trainer companies Mm -hmm. they feed off of that so those influencers that are out there that are plus size they get them and say hey here's this waist trainer try it out let me know how you feel and then when they put it on their social media it gives this sense of like oh my god she got her waist from using that trainer let me buy it so yes some companies are you know they're gaining money off of that but you got people like Beyonce who came out with her line, right? The first time she came out with her line, she didn't have that many plus size options. So then you get a lot of plus size people, you know, complaining, Hey, you know, I had to buy the biggest size. It still didn't fit. You know, you need to work on something, blah, blah. blah. And so the second uh, line that she came out with, it has even more status. I think it goes up to maybe like four or five X. Mm. So you get those people who cater to plus size people that, you know, Hey, you, if I can wear it and I'm Beyonce, you can wear it too. Yeah. But then you get these other people who are like capitalizing off of the plus size movement too. And the plus size people, they don't see that, especially if they're influencers, they don't see that. They see a free product. They say, you know, Oh, I get to try this free product. And if I get people to buy it, I might get commission off of it. Mm. So they probably not, they probably aren't even thinking about the capitalism in it. But then again, you get people like I said, like Beyonce, who's out there trying to cater to this plus size community and it's for the better. So it's, it's kind of like give and take on both sides, I guess you can say. Definitely. Definitely. So another aspect of this that we, that 
I I really hesitated putting this on the list and even getting into this because I think like even kind of talking about it maybe puts a, a weird light on it, but it'd be a hole if we didn't talk about it. So we we let me know how comfortable you are to talk about this and and we'll see. Okay. Um, Go for it. Okay. But the the fetishizing of plus size women. But on the flip side of that, like it's it's weird because plus size women are very fetishized, but then you have people who won't openly date a plus size woman. Have you ever ran into that? What do you think people are yeah. ba- battling battling with that that fall in that category? Because honestly, it's like, and this is you know I, I have a relationship and sex podcast as well, and and the thing that I always say on that one is like, no matter what you're attracted to, whatever whatever you like, whatever it is, whatever spectrum weird kink you're into, why ha- why do you why feel like you have to hide that side of yourself? And that's what it seems like sometimes to me. And seeing men, I even had a friend who th- falls into this category, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But what do you think about all this and, and how that shakes <laughs> out? I'm actually glad you asked me that because I haven't been asked this in a while. Mm-hmm. As far as fetish, fetishization, I can't even say it right. <laughs> as far as men fetishing fat girls, I just, I don't know what to say about it. I think that it's, I don't want to say hilarious because it's not a hilarious thing, but I get fetishized a lot because everybody sees my butt. They see, you know, my shape and I'm just like, all right, cool. Hey, how you doing? Like, I'm a human. You can talk to me as a human. Mm-hmm. But they see that and they're just like instantly attracted. And it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah. But as far as you saying guys dating plus size women, but really not like outwardly doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it plays off of you bringing that fat phobia up. It plays off of that. It's like, you know, maybe if I do bring her out or whatever in the forefront as my girl, you know, people are going to criticize me for dating somebody plus. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's, it plays a role on that. Or I don't know. I, I don't think that they hate fat women because if that was the case, they wouldn't be dating them. Yeah. So, but I think it's that whole criticizing thing where it's like, you know, you're seen with a plus girl, you can get with a skinny girl. You know, why are you with her? Why you can't get with me? That kind of thing. So, yeah. I think, you know, maybe they are scared of the phobia. In your experience, and this is personal, because I think everybody's experience is a little bit different. In your personal experience, who is worse? Who has been worse on plus size women? Does it come from smaller women? Does it come from men? Like, where do do you think? Well, like I said, in your experience, has has the, the biggest criticisms or judgment has come from? Wow. That's a good question, too. I don't know. I don't, I don't count. I think it's equal. You think it's equal? I really think it's equal. And it, it, sometimes it even comes from plus women too. Like I said, cause there's this, this cusp where it's like, okay, if you're a size 20 and under or 18 and under, you don't fit with us because you're not bigger than that. You get what I'm saying? So it even comes from that community too, or vice versa, where it's like, oh, I'm size 16. Mm, yeah. They're a little too big. I don't want to be on that side of the realm. So it can come from anybody. I don't rate it as, you know, men are worse or skinnier girls are worse. I think it's equal. Like everybody equally shames fat people. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Um, so when, 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 as far as like the, the shaming um, aspect of it, 
What do you think that we as a society need to do to combat that? Like, do you see people coming to bat when somebody fat shames? Do you do you wish more people would? Um, I know we like a big topic in our community for a while was like women feeling uh, protected by black men. But I, to break that down mm-hmm. even further, do you feel protected by black men when you are attacked for your for your size and your weight? I think it depends on the person. Like if in that moment, if they react to it like oh my god like what are you doing then yeah but there are some people that are they'll see somebody getting shamed and they'll be like yeah you on your own with that one so i think it just depends on the maturity of the person Mm -hmm. i would say that i would feel protected if a man were to be like yo like chill like you don't even got to do that like i would feel protected but you get some of those immature men too that'll be like yeah she is big like what is she doing why does she have that on why is she outside like that like, so it's it's just a balance, I guess, in between some people. Some people are nice and they don't fat shame and they get on the people who are shaming. And then you get mm-hmm. those people who are like in the clique, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shame her, too. So it's kind of an equal balance, I guess. What do you think about the the for for a while there? It's like the fat friend, men and women always had to be the funny one right you felt like you like mm-hmm. they felt like they had to be funny they had to play up a certain aspect of their personality to kind of counter act their size um and like i said recently we're getting into the thing of of larger men and women embracing their like realizing they can be sex symbols regardless of their size what do you what like has that done what has that done for your personal confidence like what would anyone who's like listened to this and struggling with that themselves of like feeling like they're painted in a box and they don't know how to like embrace feeling sexy or whatever what would be some of the advice that you give them because i've seen your instagram you definitely embrace it i'm just gonna listen (laughs) (laughs) thank you well when i was younger i was the funny friend Mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna sit here in front I was the funny friend because my confidence wasn't like a hundred percent when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was getting picked on by family. I was getting picked on by friends, just anybody. Um, but like over time being the funny friend, it's like you end up being that friend. That's like the one that they always have to check on, like check on your strong friends. So mm-hmm. I was the strong, but funny friend. So after a while, it got to a point where it's like, Danielle, you are growing up. You are hitting puberty. All this stuff is happening to you. Um, your body shape is not like the average girl. So, like, you got to start dressing up. And then, like, when I started dressing up, when I was in high school, I would wear a jacket over myself. Like, I would wear baggy pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started going to college, like, I started dressing differently. So, my body just started, like, flourishing. So, everybody was, like, attracted or whatnot. But... Like over time with confidence, I started learning that like whatever people would say to me would roll off my back. Like I wouldn't cry about it anymore. I wouldn't try to make jokes. I would just take it for what it's worth. Like if they think that of me, then maybe they think that about themselves. Like everybody isn't perfect. So growing up, like I just started, you know, growing thicker skin. And when I would hear things, I'd be like, okay, but I would like clap back. That was the other Mm -hmm. thing. I would have this like thing where I'm like clapping back. Oh, I can lose this weight, but can you change your face? Like you're ugly. <laughs> so like I would, <laughs> I would say stupid stuff like that. But you know, over time, like I said, I would grow thicker skin because people would say things to you or say things in general, and 
it'll become a point where it's like, I'm still going to live my life. Like you can't let anybody steal your joy because they don't like you. Yeah. There's people out here that don't like people for other things as well. Um, so you just have to grow thicker skin. And like I said, just live your life for you because at the end of the day, those same people that are shaming you or whatnot, they, they probably going through stuff or they're probably not living a perfect life themselves. So Usually when somebody has to focus in on Hey, if you want to be the funny friend, be the funny friend. <laughs> Definitely. Be yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being the funny friend. Like, hell, I I can be the funny friend for sometimes. Most of the time I'm just standing back watching though. But uh no, I can definitely be the funny friend. There's there's like embrace it. I think ultimately, like and what I hope that we accomplish with this series is like getting people to feel comfortable in them and not feeling like they're in a box. You can be whatever if you want to be the funny friend, be the funny friend. Don't but I it's just don't feel like that's all you can be because of because of, of like fuck all that. Like it's it we gotta get past this. Um uh damn, there was something that came in when you were talking that that came to my mind. Well, okay. Uh and this is we're getting towards the end here, but uh something that I guess could be freeing to hear a story um from if you if you feel comfortable sharing. The first time that okay. you that you either wore something, posted a picture, did something that that when you started embracing your curves, embracing your body, and you were like, you know what? Maybe I would have been afraid to wear this a year ago, but fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Okay, so when I was younger, like I said, I used to wear jackets and big baggy jeans, right? Mm-hmm. So this one time I wore shorts, and it was like the first time I had worn shorts or whatever. But again, I'm curvy, and you know, baby got back. So <laughs> wearing these shorts, like I, I got the wrong attention wearing the shorts. <laughs> so you get into the fat shaming, but you also get into, I don't want to call it slut shaming. Cause I'm not a slut. It's more of like, dang, like they look at me and objectify me because of what I'm wearing. <laughs> so the first time I wore shorts, it was like, it wasn't empowering, but it was like, dang, like I, I should have been doing this a long time ago. I should have been wearing shorts. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with wearing shorts or showing yourself off. So that was probably the first moment wearing shorts and being comfortable in wearing shorts was the first time I gained confidence and was like, you know what? Nobody can't tell me nothing. Cause at go. the end of the day, I'm gonna wear these shorts. <laughs> not like i'm walking around but naked but even if i chose to do that like who are you to say that that's wrong so yeah that was the first moment i just like gained a boost of confidence and i just was like you know what i'm gonna wear whatever i want to wear well boom so. there you have it is there before we go is there any advice that you want to give to anyone who who's listening to this whether they're plus size whether they're afraid to date someone who's plus size and admit their attraction, whether they're somebody who used to fat shame, like any, any part in words, anything you got for anyone before we go. I just say, you know, live your life. Um, at the end of the day, there's only one you, nobody can replace you. I mean, you can do whatever you want because those same people who are talking everything about you or shaming you, mm-hmm. they have some kind of insecurity to themselves. So you can't let, their insecurities and their negative thoughts play on what you want to do in your life. You are the one that's going to make you happy at the end of the day. So do what makes you happy, whether that's wearing jeans, wearing shorts, wearing a thong outside, do you, because those people, they're not doing for you. Well, there you have it. 
give them your social media thank you thank you so much i know we didn't we've interacted some on the timeline but we really really didn't know each other before this i think i really do uh thank you uh for joining me and taking the time out because this isn't an easy topic to talk about and you know it's really you opening it up so i definitely appreciate you for doing this but give them your social media website tell them where they can find you at Okay, so my website is the T H E E girlblog.com, and you can find my stories there where you can relate. Or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the girlblog or at the girl podcast. All right, there you have it. Make sure you guys go and support her. Uh, maybe I'll get to be a guest on her podcast at one point, but we'll yeah, see what, collab- what collaborations are <laughs> down the road. Uh, we out. Peace. Bye. This has been a presentation of the Breaks Breaks Media. Media. Huh. This shit is stereotypical. Blame rap. Yeah, very original. Wow. I am not holy or spiritual. You being overly critical. Media throwing subliminals. They want to make this political. Y'all put the anal in analytical. Reporting the truth is a miracle these days and we need to prove Wait, it's just a phenomenon Middle finger in the air, hair down and I'm feeling like Shaka Khan Through the fire, no Babylon Only villain in the Comic-Con Poppin' M's all night, Shyamalan If she's a 10 and she get the dick She might just get the Decathlon My liquor darker than the neck with Comic-Con Sprinkle Molly like it's Parmesan Raised in the jungle, no Amazon Should've booked me during Ramadan Soccer moms, I'm sorry you left with your ovaries traumatized but, but I'm about to give you a reason to overly dramatize Cause I never apologize never. Unless the tears in my mama eyes And I just check, my mama's fine Please don't provoke me, I come alive All this attention, it's all over censorship I want some Grammys and y'all didn't mention shit Nominated for an Oscar mm. But you wanna stick to the